0: And welcome to Here We Stand. I'm your regular host, Kevin Ann at Eagle Strong Voice. It's April 10th. That, of course, was one of our favorites, the ballad of the Green Mountaineer. From the early years of the American Revolution, the dream that embraces all freedom-loving men and women and children everywhere, in every culture, every indigenous culture, every present culture, the dream of self-governance that's born within us. Well, today we have the embodiment of that dream, Come Alive, our program is about a new alliance that is formed in Canada, formerly the Dominion of Canada, between our Republic of Canada, embracing non-indigenous settler peoples in Canada, and the Chilcotin National Congress in what is still called British Columbia. It's central British Columbia, the traditional Chilcotin territory. This coming week, there'll be a treaty signed between our two nations, and it will be a treaty to recognize each other and to help one another claim back the country for all of our people within our own sovereign jurisdictions. I'm honoured to have with me today Suzanne Holland, who is a co-signatory with me and others in this treaty. Today we're going to talk about the treaty and what it means on the ground for transforming our nations, taking back our nations from the global corporatocracy. We're here every Sunday at this hour, murderbydecree.com, republicofkanata.org. Now today... Uh, especially important day for two reasons. 14 years ago today we did an action with indigenous people in Vancouver that really brought down the roof. It was the thing that forced the apology back in 2008 when we occupied the Rosary Catholic Cathedral and we saw those Catholic priests run out the back door and then the next week the government announced a quote apology for Indian residential school massacre we realize that direct action and people taking back their sovereignty is the only way to go. Our treaty will be promulgated this Friday, April 15th, and that too is another very important day. It's the 17th anniversary of the first Aboriginal Holocaust Memorial Day in Vancouver. And again, that started the whole movement that really forced the truth of genocide out and really led to the founding of the Republic. The Republic of Canada. those non-Indigenous people, who say that we cannot be part of the crown jurisdiction anymore or have anything to do with these murderous churches that committed such heinous crimes and murdered 60,000 innocent children. So we've separated ourselves in our own republic, and we're joining hands with traditional indigenous nations. Now, the Chokotan people themselves have suffered horribly from genocide. For people who don't know, the only war ever waged for a long period of time, besides the Métis Rebellion in the Red River area, was the Chilcotin Wars in the 1860s and 70s. Suzanne Holland's people, they waged a war against the colonial forces because those forces of church and state and big money were wiping out their people through smallpox injections. If you go to Appendix 10 in our book Murder by Decree, that's murderbydecree.com, you'll read about germ warfare in British Columbia. Now, the Anglican Church, through its missionary John Sheepshanks, and the Hudson's Bay Company, through its agent Francis Poole, went around the Chilcotin area, and in less than a month, in the summer of 1864, forced smallpox injections on the Chilcotin people, 90% of whom then died, and their shareholders in the Puget Sound Agricultural Company then bought up all the land. What's now, Quennell, British Columbia, that whole area in Chilcotin territory was nearly wiped out, by that medical genocide. And of course, that genocide is continuing today through the COVID drug genocide as well. So that continuity of mass murder carries on, but our answer to it is that we are taking back our nations and disestablishing that genocidal system. It's really a civil war we're in, brothers and sisters. And we're gonna be talking today about how that civil war is taking flesh in our sovereign nations. Now, let me bring on uh, Suzanne at this time. Hello, Suzanne.
1: Hi, Kevin. Greetings to you and to all your listeners today. I'm so excited to be here again.
0: I'm very excited to have you back. I know it's been a few months. We had you on originally talking about kind of your situation and the whole dream of of your people and establishing the Chocote National Congress. But for those who didn't hear those interviews, why don't you say a little bit about your nation and something of the treaty that we're in the process of signing this week?
1: Oh, yes. I would love to. So the Chilcotin National Congress is the hereditary governance for the state of the Chilcotin, which declared its independence from Canada in 2016 via Grand Chief Stanley Stump, Sr., who uh, then um, uh, went ahead and um, today we are forming alliances with wonderful People like the Republic of Canada, and we're recognizing the statehood of the Republic of Canada and um, their sovereignty, their independence, and so we are working together with um, many nations uh, who are under, uh, well, basically are on the jurisdiction of uh, our two countries and. So, that includes the People of the Salmon. It includes the First Law of the Land Tribunal, which uh, basically um, encapsulates all the large nations in the northwest of Turtle Island. So, we're so happy that we are able to uh, form these alliances and uh, strengthen our, our, our causes for... Um, for fighting for justice and freedom and sovereignty for for all so in essence what's happening to it with our alliance agreement is that it will reverberate uh, hugely for other nations other sovereign nations as well in in uh, establishing their freedoms their uh, right to sovereignty and and so this this is great for everybody. What's happening with with what uh, is is proceeding right now? Um, and so what we're looking at is that um, between our two nations, uh, we are recognizing each other's sovereignty, um, and we're also recognizing each other's courts. Um, so uh, that is really really. Um, wonderful to see um, because on the state of the Chilcotin, we have, uh, or the Chilcotin National Congress has established in 2015 an international multi-level court system. So, it's a whole brand new system created by Indigenous people um, and a totally separate from existing systems. So this multi-level court system is uh, called the Universal Supreme Court of the Tsilkotin or Universal Supreme Court for short. Um, and it recognizes the International uh, Common Law Court of Justice. It recognizes the Supreme Court of the Republic of Canada. And so basically, we are strengthening our ability to govern ourselves, to self-determine, and it, it's it's just such a, a wonderful time to to be able to um, uh, participate in uh, actually moving forward with with uh, every everybody's well-being. This is for everybody.
0: Right. That's the point. I think you know all I very much know from long experience that we both had, and many people have had in the struggle, to know that when you take a step forward on your own, rather than waiting for, you know, petitioning or protesting the powers that be, uh, that's where our power lies in our in our own direct action. And I'm I'm really excited about. It. I want to go through kind of details of the treaty with you during the hour. But you know, the thing you mentioned about the court, it's very exciting because. We find that in history, when, people, when revolutions happen and people take back their nations, one of the first things they do is they set up their own courts. I remember in, uh, in Ireland, my people, uh, when we broke away from, from the British Empire, the very first thing the Irish Republicans did is they set up their Brehan Law courts. They, that's Gaelic law, not the European Roman law. They, and they began right under the nose of the British. They operated their own courts. and and set up kind of a dual power situation in in every community. And I see that happening now from the grassroots in in both our nations.
1: Yes, uh, I I see it too. Um, Like I said, the first law of the land tribunal is another court, indigenous court. Uh, Your uh, Republic of Canada court system is uh, another court system. Uh, We have several court uh, systems. Um, not only here on, on the... Ch- well, in the Chilco, we have the Universal Supreme Court. That That's the only one so far um, it, created by Indigenous people. But then, um, of course, it, it, our Southern neighbors have created their own courts as well. We are reaching out to them, um, asking them to join us uh, in forming treaties and alliances. So we are looking to reach out to all um, Native nations Turtle Island at this time, and uh, we are of alliances. Um, for example, have reached out to the Anishinaabe in uh, Ontario, uh, who mm-hmm. is also uh, also created their own court uh, system as well. So, uh, and we're working together with with all nations at this time, uh, starting to form treaties uh, where we can trade. Um, and we can carry on our nation's business. And um, right. I think it's a wonderful alternative to the, the existing system that, that is, right. is definitely broken.
0: That's exactly right. And, uh, you know, one of the things that I should mention to you, I think I have, but I know the listeners know that on July 1st to 4th, there's an international convention happening of people in nine different nations who want to set up common law sovereign republics outside the whole present corporate system and you know the whole covid thing has really spurred this on but it's like a a hundredth monkey thing happening all over the planet like i had a a call with people in in russia and sweden the other day and they're doing exactly that on their own the idea that the people should govern themselves now has sprouted up and there's this, this global revolution happening, and, and it's great to be part of it. And I know that one of the things I did want to flag as well is there's been stuff in the news about so-called Pope Francis has issued this apology, and there's already an arrest warrant out against him, as you know, and there is a pledge by your nation and ours to cooperate in his arrest if he comes to our territory. So do you want to talk, uh, kind of comment on that at all?
1: Absolutely, yes. We are all about um, justice we are absolutely supporting the international common law court who issued indictments against um, uh, the Pope and his crimes and the crimes of, of the, the church uh, we do not uh, we do not accept uh, the apology as, as being justice served uh, I think that um, those people who are seeking an apology must remember that that it does, justice does not stop with an apology. Uh, justice uh, demands that these crimes uh, are are going to be um, dealt with. Um, justice demands that um, that the Pope himself uh, needs to. Due time for for his crimes. Um, he is not above the law. Nobody is, and the first law of the land are it, the the native courts are, are are the first law of the land. So the the native system is is basically law, and it it would be good for all native people as well as non-native people to. Familiarize themselves with native law because native law could um, you could find that it's it's very beneficial in in making sure that justice is is served efficiently right. and 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 dealt with properly according to according to natural law and so one thing right. that uh, I would like to mention is that. Um, I know that the Pope thinks that he may want to come to uh, to this hemisphere, and um, I, I I I do support uh, his arrest, uh, and I I think what will need to happen is that the indictments and arrest warrants against against him have to be dealt with with everybody knows that the RCMP, the Royal Canadian Mounted Police, uh, are the law enforcers in what people know as Canada. And so, hence, because their mandates are to enforce the law, and that includes Indigenous Native law as well, because the first law of this land is Indigenous law. And so what, what... needs to happen is that those indictments, those arrest warrants against the Pope um, must be um, served upon the RCMP and at their headquarters, um, the the leaders in charge of the RCMP department need to be well-informed that it is their duty under law to enforce the law, and that includes Indigenous law. So what what has to happen under law is that the RCMP have, have to enforce those indictments against uh, Pope Francis, and so um, right. if they do right. not enforce yep. law, then their mandate uh, has been breached, and, and the RCMP become a force and effect, and they'll become a nullity in this land. So the Republic of Canada right. and the Chilcotin state um, need to work with the RCMP at this time to enforce our laws and to enforce our court rulings.
0: Well, it gets interesting uh, about that because when you look at the, uh, and urge people to go to MurderByDecree.com under the title ITCCS Updates, and then you go to the January 15th posting, you'll see the verdict of the court that convicted Ratzinger and all the others. Well, if you look at the list of 75 people who were indicted and convicted and who now face arrest, it includes about six top officers of the RCMP. Because, as you know, the RCMP are the ones who carted off the children to these death camps they call residential schools and then hunted them down. They often buried children. So the top officers of the RCMP are themselves under arrest warrants and so I agree with you all the police have to be appealed to and what we say to them is disavow that oath of allegiance to the criminally convicted monarch Elizabeth Windsor and take it to our people in your territory to the National Congress Otherwise, to the Republic of Canada, Because you see, their own top officers are are convicted of these crimes. It's like what we say to priests and and people in the pews on Sunday. Don't give money. Break away. You know, you don't have to be part of these guilty institutions and their top officers. So that's something really um, important for people to remember. But again, read over that, uh, uh, you know, the original judgment, folks, and and that's all in there. Um, Another thing, uh, and before we get into the... uh, The details of the treaty because there's some really interesting stuff in here I want to share with people. I think we should both, you know, talk about this. But um, people, somebody sent me a message, ask Suzanne to tell us a little bit about um, what it's like in her territory. Is it mountainous? Is it for just a description of what your land is like and and some of your own history so people can kind of put it in context?
1: Okay, yes. Um, Our boundaries... um, lie between the 50th and 53rd and a half parallel along the coast, um, and along the coastline, um, and then just west of Kamloops, the Tikka band, where the residential school uh, massacres occurred, uh, is our eastern border all the way up to um, McBride area. So that, that is the, the extent of the territory for the state of the Chilcotin. Um, and compared to the Republic of Canada, we're, we're pretty small, but uh, we, we do feel um, very strongly that we need to um, assist uh, to uphold um, everybody's rights, and uh, that includes everybody on our territory as well as work with those who are, are not on our territory. And um so we um, have a few towns, uh, Williams Lake, Quinnell, Mile House, Clinton, Cache Creek, Lillouette, or Bella Coola are some of our 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 towns. They're they're still quite small compared to um, a city such as Kamloops, for example, that we're 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 nowhere near big as that. But we, we do feel very strongly about um, getting back to, to nature, getting back to ha- helping people live healthier lives. The Universal Supreme Court had issued orders, of course, um, to that effect. We can go into that a little bit later if you want. But physically, um, we have two plateaus um, that that uh, encompass the majority of our territory we have what's called the caribou plateau and then the Chilcotin proper plateau so that the Chilcotin proper plateau is the highest plateau and that's everything pretty much west of the Fraser River and the Chil- the caribou plateau is located on east uh, of the Fraser River as uh, the river flows through our land uh, going down to the Lower Mainland, um, the Chilcotin River from the glaciers uh, uh, on the West, uh, West Coast Mountains kind of flow into the Chilcotin River and into the Fraser. Yep. We have lots and lots of... of um, we, we, we have lots and lots of yep. uh, space, um, wilderness... Um, it's a beautiful, beautiful country. The, the people are wonderful here. And uh, it, it's just such a joy to to be living here. We do have, like I say, some coastline. So we do have some sea level uh, territory, such as um, such as is located in the Lillooet area. It, it gets quite hot in the Linton-Lillooet area. You heard about the Linton Uh, lytton fires, so that happened on our territory. Um, It gets hot down towards the south, but um, we we do have um, high elevations for our plateaus, ranging anywhere from uh, 3,000 to 4,000 feet above sea level uh, for these plateaus. Uh, Lots of uh, uh, wilderness area. And
0: um, it's it, it just a, a great place to live and a great place to visit. That sounds like it. And, of course, uh, and we're about to jump into the treaty, and we're going to talk about mutual trade and, and all of that stuff. But one final thing, I got another email from someone uh, about, uh, clarify about how the verdict of the International law Court actually f- causes all of the land of the British Crown, which is all of Canada, and all of these guilty churches—the Catholic, Anglican, United churches—that murdered so many of our children, their land is forfeited. So, and their property and assets. So, we're the, on our territories, and we passed a law in, in our various assemblies in the Republic of Canada, saying that anywhere in Canada. The, these church properties are forfeited. They can be lawfully seized and taken over. Now, people are often asking, you know, we don't have meeting space. We don't have the assets and, and stuff. Well, we can lawfully now seize all of those properties and the properties of the crown because they're convicted criminal associations. So, you know, the sky's the limit here. It's just a matter of mobilizing people. Let them see that now the power is in our hands. We've got the law on our side. And um I wanted to, oh, one final point before we get into the treaty. There's also a thing, clarify what apology means, and I can't resist, I've got to mention this. Under the law, an apology is not saying I'm sorry. If you look it up in Webster's Dictionary, it, it says an apology or an apologetic is to defend your action. Okay, so yeah. here's more brainwashing that goes on. When someone, you notice Bergoglio didn't say I'm sorry, he said I I issue an apology what that means under the law is that he's not sorry he's defending yes. what they did and by doing that they're legally indemnifying themselves they say we're not liable for damages or prosecution that's what an official apology is so in other words he's not saying what we all think he's saying he's actually saying we're off the hook now legally by this apology so and he's lying of course because he's already been convicted under international law so um you know, the whole thing is smokescreen, and people should not be fooled by that word apology. And I just uh, thought I should mention again for folks to remind them of, everyone listening, of that fact. Uh, it's easy to be kind of, if we if we watch the so-called mainstream too much, we can be sucked in by these terms, but that's what it means lawfully. That's how they operate, according to that meaning of that term. Now let's get into the yeah. treaties, Suzanne. I wanted to, since you were talking about the land, uh, one of the things in the treaty is that we will endeavor our two nations to establish trade and commerce, and in gold and silver, uh, native currency in gold and silver, not fiat or, uh, or other forms of currency. Do you want to talk about that whole thing of how we develop our economies?
1: Yes, uh, exactly. Um, that That is a good point, that we want to make sure that... Our currencies are are backed by gold or silver, and um, not uh, we 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 don't want to deal in fiat, fiat currency. Uh, I understand, you know, at this time, those people who want to invest in our our nations will have to do so using fiat currency, but. Like I was speaking to our Chilcotin Minister of Justice the other day uh, and just advising her that uh, it is time that she starts thinking about developing their native currency. So uh, native currency is, is how we will be ultimately operating. It's a time of transition right now away from the fiat currency into some substantive Currencies that actually have value, and, and that that uh, is gold backed um, and uh, silver backed, and also um, we are looking at uh, at you know backing through our resources and uh, developing those resources as well. So we we want to make sure that everybody um, gains and benefits from the, the economies that exist that uh, our nations can provide. And uh, we want to, for example, uh, the Chilcotin state, one of their goals is to eradicate poverty um, 100%. And I believe that it can be done. Uh, it, it just has to be done wisely and, and frugally. So that means that because we have um, a low administrative cost those costs uh with respect to our resources and and uh and the revenues that that uh, our nations can acquire much of of the profit sharing can be put back into the hands of the people and that's what we're we're looking at uh, doing here as a as a model template for for other nations is is how to better look after each uh, one of our citizen, quote, members, uh, we don't like to call, call each other citizens because we're just members. Uh, we all have the same rights. Uh, nobody is better than someone else. Um, and so we, we want to make sure that everybody is looked after financially, that there's not going to be anybody in hardship situations. We want to make sure that everybody who is able to and... and uh, uh, Everybody should be employed uh, that that can be employed. There's lots of things people can do um, with their various talents that need to be developed, and we're looking at uh, trying to help facilitate uh, every home or family's well-being economically speaking. And so we have lots of incentive, new incentive programs for for. our our members, Um, and we certainly want to extend those same relations to the Republic of Canada and to other nations who who treaty with us. We want to make sure that um, they're going to be able to benefit from the resources uh, that they have when they, they trade with us and that they are well looked after financially as well and um, that, in essence, everybody is is going to benefit. It's a mutual benefit for, right. for all of us.
0: Now, that's right along the philosophy and, and laws that we're passing within the Republic of Kanata. And I'm just looking at our uh, Constitution, which people, again, can see online, org. And the founding statement in the economic section is the lands, waters, and seas of Canada and their industries and wealth belong collectively to all of the people. This natural birthright cannot be alienated or taken from the people by any law, statute, or authority, whether foreign or domestic. And I think that's a really important yeah. principle because, it's like you just said, there's no reason why one person should have more than another. It's not the natural law. It's not the indigenous way. It's not the way of common law. And we have to ensure that equality, not through big government, not through state intervention, but by the people cooperatively owning the economy themselves. And that's really a foundational principle. Um, And I think, you know, we're we're talking along the same lines there.
1: Wonderful, yes. We totally agree with that.
0: Okay. We also uh, abolish income tax. Uh, We say taxes will be levied according to the wealth created uh, and, and, you know, so these are, in a way, common-sense things, but, of course, no government in the world today is going to advocate for that. Um, and so, it, you know, it's really in, in the hands of all of us to, to create this kind of grassroots democracy. Uh, also, another point is we abolish foreign ownership of the economy, so that's a very important one where you are on the West Coast because the Chinese are buying up the whole country thanks to the Trudeau government and its Foreign Investment Protection Act, which removed all limit on Chinese investment in Canada and even allows them to station troops on Canadian soil. And we know around Prince Rupert and the superport, they're operating openly. So this whole thing of foreign ownership, we need to reclaim the country for the indigenous people and the ones born here first and use this as a bulwark against this kind of imperial takeover that's happening. You know, first it was the British, then the Americans, now it's the Chinese coming in from the West
1: right and I just want to add to that we welcome investors on our territory that that is not a problem, however, ownership will never uh, will never change from the hands of of uh, the people who own the land that that cannot change, so yes, you know we welcome investors we welcome those who want to um Abide by by our laws and uh, by you know you know just common sense uh, transactions and and whatnot. We we definitely welcome um, investors, but as far as uh, as ownership, uh, that 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 can never never change.
0: Right. Right. Uh, now, it's interesting because I, I don't want to mention the, the indigenous nations, but there's three other ones that are in, have been in negotiations with the republic for a number of months. And I know they're going to be encouraged and sparked by what, what comes up this week when we announce the treaty between our two nations. But one of the things that um, is really exciting is that it's, this is really the birth, again, of a federation of equal nations. And that was, you know, in the 2 wampum, which we have in our flag, the original two are wampum Treaty between the European settlers and the different indigenous nations in the East, the idea is that the land was to be shared together in common, not one culture yeah. over the other. And to really undo genocide, this is why the republic was formed, to undo that legacy of genocide. We found you cannot get justice in their system because it's controlled by the very forces that caused the genocide and keep protecting themselves. And exactly you know, yeah, so we've got to re- undo that legacy of genocide with this new federation of equal nations, and that's really the vision of Canada. And I know that's why it's so easy for us to form this treaty because it's one of of equal partners.
1: Yes, yes, it, it, it's a great time to to be alive, to be able to do this um, for for everybody, and um, it, it's a great opportunity. And unfortunately. Um, Canada has has uh, basically um, shown shown who their true colors, as it were, mm-hmm. and uh, you know it, it's 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 not a not a good thing what, what what's happening uh, under their system, and uh, it's nice to be able to um, be able to offer a solution, and, and right. that is uh, our alliances, our our. Uh, our collective, cooperative uh, agreements, and and so that that is uh, a blessing, I, I believe, from our heavenly Father, from our Creator, that uh, you know He has set this in motion at a time like this, where where people can turn to an alternative, can ter- can find uh, relief and solutions to. To a very, very real problem that's happening out there, um, in every every area of life, uh, we we are right. seeing that that these people are, are committing these crimes, and and you know they have to be dealt with. They have to, they they ha- they they have to be replaced.
0: And now let's bring that up to the whole COVID tyranny going on, because of course, as I mentioned in the introduction. Your people are very familiar with genocide and smallpox because it wiped out 90% of you in the 19th century. And um, that's carrying on today. I mean, under the Indian Act, people on reservation cannot refuse medical treatment. They try out big pharma and the churches have been trying out their, their drugs, including COVID and the swine flu and these other drugs, for generations they just go onto the reservation and stick it in the arm of a child and see what happens this medical genocide is why the covid drug is now being banned by our court order of january 15th and so it's interesting suzanne i've gotten every day i do calls with people you know zoom calls all over the world i was just talking to a group in holland today who translated that order they just went into a series of pharmacies in utrecht which is a, a city in holland and they've seized all the COVID drugs and they had the police stand by and watch. They, the police didn't intervene because they saw it was a lawful court order. They say this drug yeah. is a result of testing on children, medical genocide that caused their death. And we even have researchers now on Vancouver Island who have found the mass graves of people who have died as recently as 2019 who died in these secret, secret drug testings that the Chinese are doing on the West Coast. You know, wow. and so this is a crime happening now, and why our nations have to stop it. So, I just want to mention that to show that it's very relevant. People can say no to the COVID shots and everything using our warrants and standing under the sovereignty of of our or of our two respective nations.
1: Yes, yes, and and that likewise, the Universal Supreme Court in in uh, December 2020 had issued this order. Um, Due to the COVID genocide fraud, I hereby order that no human beings, civilians, can be compelled to undergo forced COVID vaccinations or vaccinations of any kind forthwith. So So few people know that they are protected under our rulings, under our laws, and so I just hope people out there can support by getting this information to the hands of, of everybody. Everybody needs to know they are protected under our court rulings, and uh, it's good to hear that, that people in Holland are uh, uh, standing with these orders and uh, asserting um, their rights to be protected uh, under these orders. And so uh, I, I believe that everybody has uh, the same rights to those protections, and uh, certainly they they
0: need to just exercise them at this point. Right. Well, it's it's Holland, it's England, France, New Zealand, Australia, Canada, the U.S. I mean, there, there's a host of countries that are using our warrants to do that. We've had to translate it into five languages. And wow. so the indigenous nations in Canada especially need to get on board because they're targeted, and they have been targeted by this Apartheid Indian Act for generations. Um, and so it's time to step out of all that, and I think that's... Not only possible now, but necessary because under our treaty, and here's another point we should talk about, we're obligated to defend and support each other. Our two nations, when we're being attacked or when we're under pressure, we're obligated to stand by each other um, in every way possible. So it's it's really a pact of uh, mutual protection as well. It isn't just a nice idea on paper. Any comments? Hello, Susanna, are you there?
1: Hi, I'm back. Sorry, my, my phone just went dead all of a sudden. So I don't know That's, if that well, was... Well, I thought, uh, oh, so here I'm comes
0: the RCMP. Back. But no, you're back. That's good. Uh, and by <laughs> the way, any Mounties listening in, disavow the oath of allegiance to Elizabeth Windsor. She's a convicted criminal. Take it to our republic and to the sovereign Kilchocco nation. Carry on. Did you hear what I mentioned about uh, mutual protection?
1: I did not. I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> well, well, we're obligated under our treaty to support each other, to defend each other. It isn't just a yes. piece of paper. We have to help each other when either of us are under attack, and that's part of the strength of this treaty. And as it extends to other nations, it'll become even more firm, that mutual protection. Yes,
1: and we have international um, bodies around the world right now looking at what's happening in Canada and in how Canada is treating um, us, uh, the Chilcotin, uh, as well as uh, the Republic of Canada, um, and so people are waking up to the seriousness of of what what's going on here, um, and uh, how how uh, the crime. That has been now ongoing for so many decades. Uh, now is is coming to the forefront. People in in very influential um, and uh, and powerful positions are, are taking a look at, at what what is what is Canada really doing, and it's it's uh, it's very. Very sad for Canada that they have abused their powers the way they have. It is very sad that um, that they've committed these crimes. However, the crimes have been done, and uh, justice ha- it has, to be, has to be served. So,
0: Right, uh, and you know, don't... the reality is, Suzanne, under, under the law and under the establishment of our two nations, Canada's a dead letter. Um, you know, it's a convicted criminal body under the Crown, and the Vatican, they're two paymasters, and, you know, the the truth is now we have to build something different. So putting our eyes to the future now down that road of what we build now is is what we keep trying to orient people to. And in that regard, too, I wanted your thoughts about uh, the whole thing of how we gather people together, because I know in the Republic, one of the things that's building us so quickly on the ground is we form these assemblies, 12 or more people sign a charter, then they they can then pass their own laws in their own community under the umbrella of the Republic. And uh, any thoughts or or experience you've had in in just kind of that community-level organizing how we kind of put boots on the ground on all these issues, right?
1: Yes, definitely. The way that uh, I started working for the Chilcot National Congress is that uh, I was requested to assist in developing the constitution of the Tsilhqot'in Nation, and so that's how, how I started working for the nation because they were looking to get their children back from uh, the Ministry of Children and Family Development, who were stealing their children unlawfully, and so that's that that was my first uh, line of business was uh, when I was appointed in two thousand fifteen. Um, to my position that was my first line of business was was to you know make sure that uh, the women, children men were all looked after and uh, and you know develop your own constitution and and uh, you know that, that's something that we as uh, in our agreement have recognized uh, we the Chilcotin uh, people recognize the the constitution of the Republic of Canada, and vice versa, so uh, that that 's probably the best place to start
0: that 's right, and uh you know we find that the more people do that, the more confident they get because we found yeah. i mean for example, five years ago, there was an opinion poll done, and fifty eight percent of Canadians wanted a republic they don 't want ties with the British crown anymore. Uh, and their whole colonial system, where the governor general, one person, can is the official head of state. Well, no, the people are, are sovereign, not one one man or woman. So um, we have the majority of people on our side, but they're kind of waiting and seeing what happens to those of us out in front here who who establish, <laughs> you know, the, the the constitution. Are we going to end up like you know half of the signers of the Declaration of Independence suffered horribly? For taking on the British Empire, and yet somebody had to break the ice. So, any thoughts on that? We've got about five minutes left. So, that and kind of round up, uh, wind up with any websites or any other announcements you want to make, and we'll go on more next week.
1: Yes, for sure. Uh, so basically, we we just trust in God, trust in our Creator, um, and, and let the consequences fall where they may. As leader, uh, leadership you have to take the first step you have to yep. even at the risk of your own life which which i think uh you know we all all agree on that it, it is a, a huge risk uh, we have uh, several attempts uh, uh at uh by canada and uh the new world order and and also um probably the the catholic church itself try to uh, uh do us harm, uh, but you know, pray, praise praise God. We're we're still here. We're going to keep going while we're we're still ha- we still have life and breath. Uh, everybody's life uh, depends on it and their well-being. So we we don't uh, worry about consequences to ourselves as leadership. We we have to worry about everybody else and and what happens to them. As well as I want to direct it, the attention of, of people to. The Montevideo Convention on the Rights and Duties of State, Article 3. The political existence of the state is independent of recognition by other states. Even before recognition, the state has the right to defend its integrity and its independence, to provide for its conservation and prosperity, and consequently to organize itself as it sees fit, to legislate upon its interests, administer its services, and to define the jurisdiction and competence of its courts. So uh, I refer to the Montevideo Convention on the Rights and Duties of State, which uh, was referred to on the Declaration of Independence by Grand Chief Stanley Stump Sr. in 2016. So uh, these rights are everybody's rights. They're they're not right. just uh, you know our rights, they're everybody's rights. And it's time that you, people know their rights, and uh, assert
0: them. That's a wonderful thing to point out. And next week, and I hope you'll come back. I want to go into more detail about the Montevideo Convention because it's, it's essential to you know what you just said. We don't need permission from anyone, is what it's saying. We have our own innate yeah. right to self-govern. And I want to thank you, Suzanne, for coming on today and for your excellent work as a co signatory to this treaty. Now, this week it will be promulgated later in the week, April 15th, and then we'll have copies on that, and maybe next Sunday we can go into more of the details of that. Any websites or anything you want to announce before I sign you off?
1: Um, Just um, people can find uh, whatever they need on on your website. I think we'll link on to your website, and and that will be great.
0: Thank you, Suzanne, for being on. We'll see you again next week. Okay. Thank you. Bye Bye for now. Suzanne Holland, Ambassador and co-signatory from the Chilcotin National Congress to the treaty that's coming out this week. We are going to put up a posting uh, on republicofkanata.org under um, ITCC's updates and, sorry, I got that backed up, republicofkanata.org site under breaking news. And murderbydecree.com under ITCCS updates, our two main websites. There will be a posting of that. Uh, we're holding a joint press conference to announce this to the world and to encourage other Indigenous nations to affiliate with our Republic. And do background reading. Go to those two uh, websites, RepublicOfKanata.org, murderbydecree.com. On the Republic site, there's the oath of citizenship you can take out. Rep- write to Republic National Council at protonmail.com. Not only to take out citizenship, but to form a local republic cell or assembly, which establishes self-governance in your neighborhood, and then you can start passing laws like the law we passed early in the after the COVID tyranny broke out, and that was to ban all COVID measures across Canada under the jurisdiction of the republic. Those things are being enforced as we speak. It's a time of great hope, brothers and sisters, and I just want to end with a memory, of course. This day... Fourteen years ago, I stood almost right about now in the uh, outside Holy Rosary Cathedral that we had just occupied in downtown Vancouver. And with me was William Coombs, my brother, who had gone through the horror of the residential school torture. he had seen Queen Elizabeth kidnap 10 children who were never seen again. He talked about it, subsequently was murdered in St. Paul's Hospital for it. But I remember that day, he had been so terrified. He couldn't even go near a Catholic church because of the sound of the church bells would literally make him vomit, because of how he was tortured on a rack with a cattle prod at a young age by Catholic priests at the Kamloops school, something that no apology can ever cover, any more than I can cover the murder of 60,000 or more children. The judgment is coming on the people who did this and are still doing it, but that day, William standing out there with me, the tears in his eyes, that was the real victory that day, because he said, I asked him, how could you come into the church? you were so scared of coming in. He said, I didn't want to let you guys down. I wanted to be there with you. And I realized then the way we heal, brothers and sisters, is we do it together. We don't do it paying an expensive counselor. You know, we don't do it by reading stuff on the Internet. It's our hand-to-hand Witness together. That's our source of our great human strength. It's overcome every tyranny that's ever existed in history through that human solidarity. You've heard on a bigger scale some of that solidarity today as our two nations, the Republic of Canada and Chocote National Congress, formally affiliate in a mutual protection treaty. Those treaties will continue, but only if more of you get involved. We have been the leadership's uh, tip of the spear on this, and like Suzanne said, I am not afraid of giving up my life, as I have in so many ways already, for this cause. I need all of you to lose your fear as well and step forward. Don't think any more of what you might lose if you take that step. Think of the children who will die if you don't, including your own children. And that will give us the encouragement. We have to break from slavery. And in that sense, we want to end with this very inspiring song. That's about John Brown's body, because as in the American Civil War... We are engaged in a great civil war, testing whether our republic so conceived and so dedicated can long endure in the face of the COVID corporatocracy. It will endure through the grace of God and the inspiration of every one of us. So here's an inspiration song to leave you all. Come back next week, and we will carry this on with Suzanne. This is Kevin Andy, Eagle Strong Voice. I thank you.